Hello and welcome back to COPS Kitchen Operations Podcast. It is Jordan, your host, and today we are looking at thickening agents and stocks. This episode will finish up uh, our unit prepare sources, stocks, and soups. After this, we will have one more episode for this unit that kind of is a revision of everything that we've covered over the last three episodes uh, and any extras that we may need to add in there. Uh, and that will conclude the unit. As for today, though, we are focusing in on thickening agents and sources. Before we do that, though, just a quick reminder, if you have any questions about today's episode or past episodes or have a question you want answered on the podcast or via email, please email me at kitchenoperations.podcast at gmail.com. So let's start with thickening agents. Uh, We're going to cover the main thickening agents, especially the most common, uh, and break them down a little bit and then jump into some sources. Roux. Roux is probably one of, if not the main thickening agent uh, we have in the kitchen. Very, very common, used throughout many different uh, cooking methods. And it is a mixture of flour and fat and cooked over a low heat using a spatula or a whisk. A roux recipe is very simple. It is Equal parts flour to fat. More often than not, clarified butter or just butter. So, for example, 50 grams of flour, 50 grams of butter. There are three types of roux. There are a white roux, a blonde roux, and a brown roux. White and blonde roux are both made from butter uh, and used in cream sauces. Whereas a brown roux can be made from either butter or drips of fat that have been cooked. Okay, for example, um, they will be used for darker soups and sauces. So maybe some fat from some bones that you've browned or roast that you've done and that makes up your brown roux. Bure money, equal quantities flour to butter mixed together, uncooked, then added to a sauce last minute to adjust the consistency. Bure money. Also, just a quick shout out. I am sorry for any mispronunciations. I am getting it as close as I can. Uh, We also use many um, starches as thickening agents. Okay, that might be cornstarch, rice flour, potato starch, arrowroot. That any of these things that will help thicken a sauce or a soup or something that you are cooking. Lassiacin. I'm going to try that again. Lassians. Lassians, a mixture of egg yolks and cream used to finish some classical French sauces. It is a big contribution to the richness of the flavor of the sauces, uh, French sauces that it makes. With the uh, with a Lassiacin, it is really important that you don't overcook it and you cook it at a low temperature because your egg will scramble if you get it too hot. So that covers uh, a lot of our thickening agents, okay? Um, We can also use things like honey, mustard, uh, gum, okay? These are things that we're not really making. We're just, they're already ingredients that we just add that can help the thickness of our sauces or soups or whatever dish we are making. Okay, so let's jump into some sauces. First of all, we have 
classifications of our sources. So those classifications, we have four main ones. Uh, Reduction-based source, that covers Bevlanc, uh, modern dem demi-glazes and Jews. Roubaix sources, Bechamel, Valette, classic demi-glaze and game sources. Emulsion sources, like mayonnaises, hollandaise, bernays. And then miscellaneous sauce. So anything that doesn't really cover in the first three, that will be tomato sauce, peanut sauce, apple sauce, any things like that are uh, classed as our main areas. It is really, really uh, important to apply some very simple rules to sauces. Okay, a sauce will mainly contain A, a liquid. So a stock, um, some water, milk, cream, whatever it may be, whatever liquid it may be, thickening agent, so that might be a, a roux, a slurry, an emulsifier, a gum, a uh, type of flour, flavor, so we got some cheese or some spices or herbs, whatever the flavor may be, and then fat, so butter, uh, egg, that often contains all each four of those sections will contain in a sauce and really important to remember from there we have our six base mother sauces those six base mother sauces are first of all bechamel bechamel a basic white sauce made from a white or a blonde roux with our whole milk being the base Okay, some derivatives of the bechamel sauce may be a Mornay sauce, a mustard sauce, a caper sauce. Okay, and a derivative simply means a sauce that uses the base of a bechamel. So a bechamel is made, then you add other ingredients to make a derivative of a bechamel. So if you hear the word de derivative, you know that it comes from the base of one of these sauces. Okay, we have valette, which is a light stock-based sauce made for, with a blonde roux, uh, more often than not made with chicken or fish stock. Derivatives of a valette uh, includes white wine, mushroom sauce, supreme sauce. There's plenty of other sauces, white wine sauce. We have our tomato-based sauce. Tomato-based sauce is made from tomato, being pureed and stewed and simmered and passed. From there, we have some derivatives. We have, uh, obviously, <laughs> a shout-out to the most common that a lot of people and everyone uses, tomato sauce or ketchup, whatever, however you call it. We have also have Napoleon sauce, Napoli sauce, Spanish tomato sauce, anything that has a base of the tomato sauce and then ingredients added. Espanol is a brown sauce made with dark brown roux. Roasted red meats are more often used. Uh, occasionally, we also use uh, chicken so uh, stock, depending what how strong you want your flavor. Varieties and derivatives of that may be a demi-glaze, a Robert sauce, a pepper sauce, a truffle sauce. There is a few derivatives there. Hollandaise sauce, a warm emulsified sauce made from egg, lemon juice, and butter. One of my favorites. A common derivative of this may be Bernays is the most common. We also have uh, Reuben sauce. We also have a Maltese sauce as well. Mayonnaise, the last and probably uh, most common um, base sauce uh, across our culinary world. A mayonnaise is a cold emulsion 
sauce made from eggs, mustard, and vegetable oil. There is lots of derivatives of mayonnaise, but some of those include Thousand Islands, Tartare, Aioli, Caesar, cocktail sauce. There is a few mayonnaises, uh, derivatives from mayonnaises. I want to test your knowledge there and say our six base sauces, bechamel, velout, tomato, espagnol, hollandaise, and mayonnaise. Do you know how each is made? Do you know what is added to the derivatives of each of those sauces? Before we get into that, it is time for a little relax and time for a little fun fact. So I hope uh, you lean back, relax, take a sip of water, whatever you're doing, rest your hand if you're taking some notes. And our fun fact for today is about your fingers. Shout out to the human body, it's amazing. And this is just one fun fact about the body that is amazing. There are no muscles in your fingers. Yeah, there's no muscles in your fingers. The function and the muscles that control your fingers are actually from the palm of your hand and muscles that are in your arm. So when you move your fingers and when you hold onto things with your fingers, there's actually not like little muscles there. Uh, you're tensing your fingers right now and having a look at them, aren't you? And no, I, I hate to say it, fun fact, no muscles in there. They're in the palm or up through your arm. And that's what controls your fingers and the strength in your fingers. Little fun fact for you to uh, share with the, your friends and family around you. Now that we have a nice little break, little fun fact, learn something about the human body, about our fingers, muscleless fingers. Uh, let's jump back into it. So I challenged you with the idea of do you know how to make your six base sources? And then further that, do you know how to make the derivative of your six mother sources not sure if you do well something to go away and look at it's important to know what is added to a mornay to make it a derivative from bechamel little hint there sprinkle a little cheese on it we have uh, briefly mentioned emulsion sources in mayonnaise because an emulsion is uh, a mayonnaise, a cold emulsion, and it's really important to know what an emulsion is and what it means. Now, an emulsion is simply the coming together of ingredients that don't normally mix, okay? So, for example, in a mayonnaise, if you were just to throw all the ingredients, so if you were to throw your... Uh, egg, mustard, vi uh, vegetable oil, vinegar, all together in a pot and just mix it together, it would never mix. It would split. But by simply mixing the eggs, the mustard, and the vinegar together first, combining those, using the egg as the binding agent and the emulsion agent, and then slowly adding our oil and mixing that, it is going to emulsify. Now, there was also two types of emulsions. So there is a permanent emulsion and then a emulsion, uh, very quick emulsion where it will separate. So there's a temporary, that is the temporary, and a permanent, okay? And what that simply means is if you 
are making a mayonnaise, for example, and you mix it together and it emulsifies, it will stay emulsified. So it is a permanent emulsifier. But if you're making something like a vinaigrette dressing for a salad, and you mix your oil, your uh, vinegar, and some honey, or whatever else you have in that, whatever other goodies you have in your vinaigrette, and you mix it and emulsify, it temporarily emulsifies. After it sits for a while, it is going to separate into its sections of ingredients. Really, really important to know that. Now, a little problem solving for you. If your mayonnaise emulsion splits, how can you simply fix that? Well, for a mayonnaise, you simply slowly add some boiling or hot water a little bit at a time. Or you could simply add an egg yolk and continue to combine and mix. Really important that we know how to fix our emulsions because we don't want to waste anything. With that, we are going to also look at some miscellaneous sources. So we have Juroti, July, Gravy, Beblanc, Coolie, and at this point you like slow down. What does that mean? So each of these um, miscellaneous sources uh, is made up of different things. Azuroti is the juice of a roast made into a sauce. Okay, we simply take the roasted meat out and we reduce and use the sauce and liquids in that tray. Azuli is the juices from the roast, again, made from residual and roasting pan and adding a thickening agent. So that's the difference between a Juroti and a July. To the July, we add a thickening agent, which is a Buramani. Okay, a Buramani. We add that thickening agent to a July to thicken it and create that sauce. We have a gravy now, a very common gravy, which is made um, with, well, we have convenience gravy, okay, where we can just simply add water and bring to the boil or simmer and stir and thicken, wait for it to thicken, uh, is used throughout uh, the culinary world as a convenience product. We have a Bervlonk, which is a temporary emuls emulsified sauce. And we have a coolie, which is more for our desserts, which is a sweet pureed sauce made more often than not with berries and a bit of sugar um, that is reduced, then strained, and if needed to be pureed, um, served deliciously. We have uh, a lot of our sauces, are we use the reduction method. Now, when we are reducing a sauce, we need to ensure that we are reducing it at a low temperature again. Okay, we don't want our sauces to split. We don't want our sauces to burn. We need to make sure that we watch over them. A couple of cold sauces for you. We have Worcestershire sauce. We have tomato sauce, ketchup, a horseradish sauce, uh, Something like uh, Tabasco is a cold sauce. There is a bunch of different cold sauces out there in the world that all sauces do, okay? And really important to note, sauces are used to enhance the flavor and appearance and the quality of your dish. So you're adding flavor, you're adding a bit of color, you're adding a bit of shine because our sauces are shiny and beautiful and liquidy. You're uh, adding richness and moisture to whatever dish you are preparing. 
Also really important to note what sauce matches what ingredients and what menu items, okay? So if we are thinking a bechamel, traditionally we can think lasagna, having that nice thick bechamel sauce on the top. Tomato sauce, simple pastas, okay? Bolognese sauce, technically could be started nicely and added a tomato sauce to your minced meats that you have cooked. A hollandaise sauce goes beautifully with eggs, poached eggs for a breakfast meal. Mayonnaises used to combine things like potato salad uh, is one just simple, very simple example there. Tartare sauce used with fried and battered fish. Each sauce plays its role in the menu application that is chosen for and it is important to know what flavors match with what. Again, your thickening agents play a part in stocks, in soups, in sauces. What are your, uh, your thickening agents? Roux, Buremani, Lesion, different starches, different purees. Do you know your, your thickening agents? And hopefully you've learnt some of those today. What are your basic sauces? We've got bechamel, velette, tomato, espanol, hollandaise, mayonnaise. What are our derivatives? And we've touched on that today also. What, are, uh, what miscellaneous sources do we have? And how do our sources play a role in our menu items? I hope you have enjoyed our time this, well, whenever you're listening, afternoon, morning, night, and have learned something new. We are going to have one more episode which covers kind of a bit of everything that we've covered over the last three episodes. So stocks, soups, and sauces. We're going to look at some recipes and making sure that you know the base of your stocks, your brown, your white. Look at your different sauces and your different thickening agents and how they play a role in each other. And last but not least, your soups and your different traditional soups. So until next episode, I hope you all are well. I hope you have all learned something. And until next time, we will see you soon. We out. Bye.